brunch. Um, this place, uh, um, uh, Modern Love, it's like a vegan sort of slightly upscale. I wouldn't even say slightly upscale, but for the brunch, it's it's not that fancy. All right, welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. time. <laughs> I am your host, William Bloor, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation! Nets got a lot of fever! <laughs> so, Simon, <laughs> Nets in trouble! Yeah. Uh, welcome back, folks, to another, uh, I guess I already said that, but um, <laughs> to our weekly podcast on the Brooklyn Nets. We are going to take a deep dive into the rest of this season with the Brooklyn Nets this week. Uh, Simon and I have done a lot of homework for this one. Yeah, I found the tool. (laughs) Um, I'm realizing now that our conceit for this one is pretty... it's It's problematic. It's... Nets, uh, at, at, in our last podcast, it was just before the Hornets game last Saturday, mm-hmm. which we won. Then uh-huh. we went on to beat the Spurs two but days later. Pounded, pounded the Spurs. The Spurs. Uh, I, I would say generally people were feeling good. Uh-huh. Playoffs were a lock. Nets had found their mojo. Karis LeVert was back, baby. Uh-huh. Things have taken a decidedly more bleak turn since yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, Nets are now tied for sixth with the Detroit Pistons. Uh-huh. Although not in the loss column, which is the one you really want to look yeah, at. Exactly. They have two fewer losses. I think so. Maybe even three. I, I yeah. don't remember. They've played but... many fewer games. We have yeah. 17 games remaining. We need to win minimum five mm-hmm. to get to 37, which is projected to be the market which a team can get eighth in the East, mm-hmm. though that is by no means a certainty. But at minimum five more games for these mm-hmm. 17s we need to win. Um, we are 1.5 games ahead of Orlando and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And that's eighth and ninth? Uh, that's eighth and ninth. I mean, they're, yeah, tied for... Uh-huh. Um, and Miami is only 2.5 games back after beating us by over 20 points. By yeah. 29 points yeah. last night. Um, as we had feared, the playoffs are by no means a lock. Yeah. Fair to say? Yeah, I'd say that's <laughs> fair to say when you're two, when you're two games out. From not being in the playoffs at 17 to go. Right, and these are not good-looking losses. This is a loss to the Wizards in which uh, <laughs> Tajer McCall played big minutes. Yes, uh, yes, Also, I think this is the first time maybe next time has been able to have the opportunity to welcome right. Tajer McCall to right. the squad. That's right. Uh, did you hear about his story? <laughs> no. Uh, he didn't start playing basketball till the 11th grade. Was not recruited by any D1 schools. Uh-huh. but that should, through, that should have been writing on the wall. <laughs> but through sheer hard work, uh-huh. has willed himself into the NBA. Uh-huh. He's a scrappy defender. I think we saw that against the Wizards. Yep. He led a comeback. Uh, we The game was way out of hand. We only lost by nine. Yeah. Um, I think mostly on the back of our newest superstar. <laughs> sure. Budding, budding uh, re... Vamp project by Kenny. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Um, anyway, then we go on to lose badly to the Hornets. It was never close. We no. lost by 11. Then last night was maybe the worst I've seen the Nets play this season. Uh, the Heat looked like it looked like a college team playing an NBA team. They were so good defensively. They had about 25 block shots. Mm-hmm. They, we couldn't penetrate. We we couldn't get. I mean, we couldn't get a shot off. We it had was four threes. Uh, four, four made threes. Four, really? Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. it was that bad. Yeah, I mean, we shot badly, but it also was largely a product of their what looked like the most spectacular defense um, any team has played against us yes. all season, which is extremely worrisome. Yes, absolutely. That's in trouble. Um, our upcoming schedule this week, Simon... <laughs> Before last week, I would say that I would have, you know, this looks like a pretty good week. Yeah. We play the Mavs, who right. are in free fall. Right. They haven't won a game in weeks. <laughs> uh, the Cavs. And they're starting uh, Nowitzki. Right? Yes, they're starting Dirk Nowitzki in a one of the least subtle tank maneuvers <laughs> that's, that's been carried out this season. That's very funny. Um, the Cavs, who have given us... Massive amounts of trouble in, in two of the games we played against them. Uh-huh. Uh, the last one was three overtime, right? Yeah, triple yeah. O. Triple OT. Hopefully, it doesn't take us that many this time. Uh, they are arguably the worst team in the in the league, though they did just get Kevin Love back, which automatically makes them yeah more talented than us, probably. Yes. And then the Hawks, who all of a sudden are good. Um, uh, Trey Young is making a real case for Rookie of the Year, which is was unthinkable, you know. Yeah, certainly ago. to you. My God, I've never heard of more vitriol I know, spilled I really, about someone. I really didn't like the guy that much, but he has been playing out of his mind. Kevin Hooter is pretty good. John Collins is pretty good. Anyway, I wouldn't say Love that's a, yeah, Me too. I wouldn't say that's a lock. No, nothing w. is a lock. If you're losing by 29 <laughs> points to the Heat, to the Heat, nothing is a lock. What do you think? Is this our redemption week? <laughs> no, I I think this is where where your seemingly to me anyway outrageous call to tank if we. If, like, we didn't do well this week, really starts to become a reality. I have not seen the Nets play this badly all year. Um, in their 8-18 and 18 stretch, as, as you talked about last week, <clears throat> they had some horrible collapses that mm-hmm. felt bad. But yeah. they played tough for, like, three and a half quarters. Right. They didn't embarrass themselves. Right. Um, this is a totally different beast. We are just losing... In an enormous fashion, uh, we did again. We did beat the Spurs in a, a, a very convincing way. I now think and that, the Hornets and the and the Hornets, yeah, in a in a not convincing way, but we did beat them. Yeah, um, yeah. Those just seem like such distant memories. What what sticks in my head are these three horrible losses. That no, we've, they've we've been had. increasingly painful to watch. And I just want to. I'm sorry, I was wrong. We did not. We did not make just four three pointers. We were nine for forty two. I think I must have been thinking about the first half stats. I apologize, Nets Nation. Nine for forty two. Twenty two percent. Wow. Yeah, that's atrocious. Um, but I mean, we we're even getting blocked at the three point line. Yeah, honestly, I would love way. to. Can you see how many blocks yes. the the Heat had yesterday? I'm, it was it was extraordinary. Uh, the defensive too. clinic they put on. <laughs> <laughs> 
in Miami last night. Uh, I mean, maybe we had maybe nine. Okay, nine, nine blocks. blocks. That's quite a few. Uh, three players with two. Um, it could be, you know, there's there's the rumor that you know when teams go down to Miami or Orlando that <laughs> they, they they have flu like symptoms the next day. Uh-huh. They, there's a chance the Nets could have been a little overconfident yeah. and and indulged <laughs> a bit, but. Yeah. I think that would be letting him off the hook a little too easy. I, I completely agree. So, that said, <laughs> the incredibly depressing way to start the show. <laughs> and it will seem even more baffling what we're going <laughs> to proceed to. It's playoff time, Net Station. <laughs> we, Who do you want to play? <laughs> we somewhat impetuously, <laughs> after the first two wins of the week, decided... You know what? These playoffs are a lock. Let's talk about pl- ideal playoff matchups uh, because it's so certain we're going to be in them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we no longer feel that way, but since we aren't creative was enough written. to have come up with a different theme right. for this, we are going to discuss um, potential playoff matchups in in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, but the thing to make you maybe not turn off this podcast in disgust <laughs> at both us and the Nets yep. um, is that in addition to talking about the matchups mm-hmm. uh, we are going to discuss what players from these various teams the Nets might realistically go after right. in the offseason um, so it's sort of a combination playoff picture evaluation and free agency for next year that's right so if that doesn't keep you listening, I don't know what will. <laughs> uh, before we get to that, though, Simon, we got to do a headline of the week. Headline of the week? <laughs> New York Post writes, quote, Net surprising success can't soothe Kenny Atkinson's misery. <laughs> <laughs> what jumped out to you about this one, Sagai? My favorite quote. My favorite part of the whole the whole thing was was Kenny Atkinson's quote where he said I'm paraphrasing here but it was something like I don't enjoy any of this right. really I don't <laughs> I'm being serious or something like that right right I know that my my you know boyish joyful uh, demeanor would suggest <laughs> right. I'm having a great time but no actually I'm not right. Um, yeah, it's it, any any <laughs> casual Nets fan will who who has seen a game will know that Kenny looks like one of the most haggard, tortured, <laughs> not coaches in the NBA, human beings human on beings, the planet. Exactly. exactly. Um, he it, it is a joyless season for him. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I suppose there are moments yep. uh, when you're that low for so long. There are moment, great moments, like when D'Lo right. becomes an all-star. Sure, Joey a three-point contest. Yeah, sure, exactly. but uh, he, he does seem like a pretty miserable guy. Um, and maybe that's what you need to achieve achieve greatness um, in the league. Yeah, I mean, right. It's um, 
it it is sort of like the K- Kobe Bryant level of like every second I'm right. just trying to be an asshole and like destroy. Right. And if I don't destroy, then I won't be happy. But I certainly wouldn't describe the way I play this game with joy or <laughs> right. you know, yeah. It's just a completely like businessman's or or, or the same way like what is his name. Um, quarterback for the the uh, the Patriots, uh, Drew, Tom Brady. Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Like every single second of his life is just geared towards being better at football. So like everything he eats, every day, you know, minute that he sleeps, every workout, every like outside activity that isn't football is still football related. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's an odd thing to think about, but one that does exist in these sort of upper echelons of of play. Not to compare Kenny to those two players who are. You know, Hall of Famers, but um, but yeah, it's a, it's a similar mindset. Uh, to me, also another thing that stuck out is like the few, mo- you know, like s- a few minutes after the win or whatever is when he feels sort of good, and mm-hmm. then it's an immediate back to like, oh no, our next game is going to be horrible. Right. This yeah. is awful. And it's like I wake up and I'm just filled <laughs> with anxiety. <laughs> Yeah, it's no way to live, Kenny. Um, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it's gotten him to. Uh, we coach at the highest level. Yeah. Um, no, I've I've always sort of been I've been envious of people who are like psychotically obsessed with whatever thing that they do in uh-huh. their lives. Like, I believe it or not, this is going to come as a shock. I am not psychotically obsessed with librarianship, <laughs> in spite of being a librarian. Right. Um, so I've always been somewhat envious of it, but at a, at another point, it is like somewhat. I mean, I just can't comprehend how someone could devote themselves so singularly to a single thing. Right. Um, I would just imagine you would get bored with it or have some (laughs) modicum of sort of, like, introspection that there are other things to... uh... Right. But But, anyway. Right. Particularly not life or death. You know, he's not, like, designing the plan to get us off fossil fuels in 10 years or whatever. Right, right, right. Uh, he's crafting a way for us to sneak into a <laughs> lackluster 6th through 8th seed in the playoffs. Yeah. Hey, speaking of playoffs, uh-huh. let's talk. <laughs> oh, next matchups in the playoffs. <laughs> okay, sure. so what we're going to do here, and again, this is going to involve free agency talk, so it's not just speculating about something that very much we want to reiterate might not happen, right. which is us being in the playoffs. Yeah. If, however, we do make the playoffs, we will be playing one of the following five teams in order of where they're at currently. Uh, Milwaukee, Toronto, Indiana, Philly, or Boston. Yeah. Uh, Simon and I have each taken two of these teams. I will be talking about Milwaukee and Indiana. Simon will be talking about Toronto, Philly. And then we're going to split Boston and both share our thoughts on Boston. Um, Basically, we're going to go through, say, what we think about the matchup, each matchup, Mm -hmm. give a prediction on what we think the the result might be, and then talk about players we'd like from each team. Yeah. Does that sound about how you imagined it would go? Sounds good, 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 good. (laughs) Great. So let's start at the top with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh Uh-huh. We've played them twice, Simon, and we've lost by a combined 33 points. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know what? I don't think we deserve to lose by a point fewer than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
They average, during the season, they've averaged five more points a game than us, and they give up four fewer points a game than us. Uh, my prediction for the series, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna agonize over this one. It's a sweep. Okay. It is not a gentleman sweep. It is not, uh, you know, we're not gonna sneak a home game in. They're uh-huh. gonna beat us four to zero in the in a series against them. They are right now the best team in the NBA by pretty much every measure. Huh. People are are. Concerned of their about their lack of playoff experience, uh-huh. and that that might hinder them from actualizing the incredible regular season that they've had. Um, but every single metric says they are right now the best team in the NBA, um, and I would say that the Nets are not that, and <laughs> that in a playoff setting. Um, they're just going to overwhelm us. Yes. Um, but that's not surprising. They're going to overwhelm almost any team they face in the first round. Yeah. Uh, players I'd want for the Nets next year, I've got two of them on the team. I was hoping there'd be more, but uh, there aren't. Because um, they've got uh, the guy that we wanted to draft. Uh, not... DJ Wilson. Oh yeah, yeah. He's Wilson. been having a he's been having a pretty good season. He's actually getting, he was getting a lot of minutes before Miritich got there, uh, but he's not a free agent. Um, but speaking of Miritich, that's one of the guys I like. Yeah, we know what Miritich brings. He's a sharp shooting four. Uh-huh. Um, he's not the four I'm most interested in getting next season, but he is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, he would immediately change the. Uh, offense of the Nets. We would go from playing a four who is essentially a good defensive three uh-huh. and horrible offensive player, i.e. Uh, RHJ or Trevion Graham. Uh-huh. Um, and we would plug instead of one of the best spacing fours in the game, a guy who shoots over 37% from three. Um, and that would immediately alter what the Nets offense looked like. Yeah. Um, I don't know what sort of contract you'd have to give to a guy like that. He makes a pretty big chunk of change. Mm -hmm. And I think there would probably be bigger suitors Mm -hmm. for him out there. But I wouldn't mind getting Miritich on the the squad, would you? Um, No, I wouldn't mind having him. I think it's a question of... I I think it's just a... I think there are a few people I... I think are semi-realistic that, or a couple people at least that are semi-realistic that I'd rather have. Me too. But he's not. A, he would not be a, a, a top free agency pickup. But yeah. uh, he's a guy I would definitely not bemoan having on the team, and yeah. obviously would fit really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it would give us a legitimate stretch for him. Yeah. Um, also, uh, just aside, I wouldn't mind a Brook Lopez boomerang. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. He will be a free agent. However, I think uh, he is going to have quite a few offers. He is now sort of the model of what teams want um, in a stretch five. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, and a good great, for him. And a great guy as well. A absolutely great guy. <laughs> All right. Next up, Simon, is the Toronto Raptors. Raptors, baby. Is that your dinosaur sound? Yeah, that's a raptor. Uh, um, Clever girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That too. Oh, nope, my team comparisons for the Sixers. Hang uh, on. You got to do the the claw on the desk. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yes. Um, 
uh, that as well. Okay, so Toronto, much, much, much better team than the Nets, obviously. Um, they have a certified um, MVP candidate, right, in, in Kawhi Leonard. Is yeah. that fair to say? Yeah, I don't I don't know he's going to get top five this year, but he's, he's definitely one of the ten best players in the league. Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, they are... Uh, Let's see. They they uh, give up. Let's see. Where is this here? <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, I just want to watch you get to it, buddy. <laughs> um, okay. So, wait, where yeah. is the points against? Mm. I don't see it here. Mm. <laughs> okay. okay, okay, here we go. So they, they score 114 points a game. Uh, we score 100 and, basically 112. Um and uh, they give up uh, 108.8 points a game. We give up 112.8. Uh, and uh, to me, the you know our, our rebound statistics are very similar. Uh, assists similar. Um, and uh, yeah, these stats are actually far more similar than I would think. But um, one thing that is not the net rating is very very different. Yes, they the have net a rating is super different. Net rating, we have a basically negative. Yes, and their winning percentage is obviously much higher, seventy three versus uh, forty nine. So, uh, yeah, um, I think the biggest, you know, one of one. I mean, obviously, the fact that, and same with Giannis with Detroit or with uh, Milwaukee and all these teams we're going to be talking about, they have a star. That they can go to when things are not going great. Um, you know, D'Angelo has shown flashes of that. Spencer has hit some critical shots um, in clutch time. But n- no one is like, give them the ball and, and get get out of their way mm-hmm. uh, type of player. And in fact, uh, Brian Lewis has a story this week or today about how the Nets have not really adjusted to uh, the uh, teams keying on D'Angelo. Like, last game he had eight points on, like, four of eight shooting or something. They just completely took him out of the game. Um, and the rest of the players that we have have pretty much stung up the joint um, and not not picked up the slack. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I think just having a Kawhi who's, who's a, a tremendous defensive player as well as offensive player and, you know, Kyle Lowry's no slouch. I know he's had kind of an off off season. but Yeah, and Marcus Gasol is amazing. Mm. Pascal Siakam's quite good. Yes. Danny Green is a lockdown wing defender. Right. Uh, Serge Ibaka would be a massive uh, wrecker of the Nets big men. Yeah. I mean, they're, they would kill. They would beat the crap out of Yeah, us. I think it would be a 4-0 series. Um, as far as players that we would target, Bill, I, th- I, th- I honestly do think that I, I think that, and I'm not saying this is a good strategy, but I suspect that the Nets will go after first Kevin Durant. I'll try to get in a meeting with him. Okay. Then, when he inevitably doesn't pick them, if Kawhi has not made a selection, they will try to get a meeting with him. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, a lot of Nets fans have this fantasy that we're going to get Kawhi that we've discussed many, many times. Uh, I have recently, through some twisted logic that I cannot possibly recreate, <laughs> um, I've tried a few times, came to the conclusion that there was a chance we could get him, but I don't I don't actually believe that we're going to get Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we got Kawhi, I mean, that would be by the biggest free agent get 
I. You need to be the best player to play for Brooklyn in quite some time. Yeah, since Jason Kidd, pretty yeah. much. Um, all right. Kawhi Leonard. So let's move on to the third place team, uh-huh. if you're good with that, to Indiana. Uh-huh. So Indiana is down their superstar, Victor Oladipo. Uh-huh. And that seems to have impacted them not at all. <laughs> um, we've played them twice, Simon. You want to know how many times we've beaten them? Uh, zero. Yep, zero times. We've lost by a combined 28 points. Um, we actually have a more high-octane offense than those guys. We average four more points a game, but they give up nine fewer points than us. They have an elite defense, and <clears throat> unfortunately... Elite defenses are quite an asset in the playoffs. Yes. Uh, when things slow down, and I think they would slow down to a grinding halt uh-huh. were we to face off against them. I think they would shut us down in a pretty real way. However, I'm going to give us the first W of any series we've discussed so far. I think we could sneak a game out of out of the Pacers. Um, we if we got real hot one night, I would totally imagine we could we could do it. But they're a really well coached team. Any team that, that that's that good at defense is going to be pretty well coached, pretty well disciplined. Yeah. Um, they have an elite elite interior defender in uh, Miles Turner, uh-huh. and Thaddeus Young is having all all defensive team season um, on the on the wing as a small forward. And I think those two would uh, handle, <laughs> yeah, handle whatever we had to to bring Adam. Uh, players I would want for the Nets. Uh, their leading scorer this season with Oladipo out is actually Bogdanovich. Mm. Their leading thief is Thaddeus Young. Yeah, on the wing. Uh, two pretty good former Nets. I don't think I'd want Bogdanovich back. They're both unrestricted free agents. Um, he's sort of redundant on our, you know, I'd rather have Joe Harris, I think, than, uh-huh. than Bogdan. But Thaddeus is a 6'8", 220-pound defensive beast. Yeah. Um, he is an okay three-point shooter. He's averaging over 36%, which is pretty good. Uh, good rebounder. He gets over six rebounds a game. He's an unrestricted free agent. We only had him for like half a season or after the All-Star break that one season. He got traded away for, I think, what became Jared Allen. Karis, Karis LeVert. Oh, Karis LeVert. And... Uh, I liked him when he was here. I think he's been... I have him on my fantasy team. He's spectacular night after night. It is a contract year. Yeah, how old is he? Um, I'm not sure. I think he's like 29, maybe. Yeah. Um, I'll look that up. But anyway, he's a guy I didn't realize was a an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. But if we could use him as a four, I would be... Because uh, I think he traditionally plays a small forward. But he seems big enough. He has the size to do it. He is 30 years old. Yeah. So. Yeah, down the line, if, you know, plans A, B, C, D, E don't don't work. Right. I, I feel like Thaddeus would be a good stopgap. Yeah, no, I think he'd be, I think, I, I, I don't think, you know, he's the guy you want for um, the future. Because right. he's pretty old. But. Yep. If you get him on a on a cheaper deal for a couple of years, yeah. uh, why not? I I agree. I agree with you. That'd be good. You know, he's sort of a Paul Millsap type person. Like, 
you know, Paul Millsap is not is not going to help you past about a year or two from now, but he would be a huge improvement. Oh yeah, massive. Uh, so same same with Thad Young, uh, and and by all accounts, a, a great character guy. Yeah, no, I, I I really did. He was my favorite net when he was on the Nets. Very briefly. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was, was. He was, he was a shot of light. You know, he yeah. definitely was. He definitely was. <laughs> um. Okay. So is that. That's it for that's all I got on the Pacers. So okay, now we're gonna go to my favorite team outside of the Nets. For some reason, I don't exactly know why, but I like them too. It's the it's the they're, Phil- they're easy to like. Yeah, the the Philadelphia 76ers. They've got star power by the barrel full. They've got two premier young talents. Uh, I, I was looking the other day. I hadn't realized. I mean, I. I knew that Embiid was quite good and dominant, but I didn't realize he averages 27 points a game. That no, is a he tremendous was, He was amount. in the MVP conversation for a lot of this season. Yeah, he is. I mean, that's crazy for how young he is. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's quite good, and he's just the tip of the iceberg in terms <laughs> of offensive talent on, on the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, their starting lineup is arguably, you know, definitely one of the best in the in the league, um, and they are sort of a, a bit of the sort of a mirror image of the um, uh, the Pacers in that they are an offensive juggernaut. They average 115.6 points a game, um, and uh, but they actually give up. Um, close to as many points as the Nets, 112.3 to 112.8. And <clears throat> based on our record against them in the regular season, which I know doesn't always mean much, but we have beaten them twice. Um, and the, the Sixers have beaten us, uh, I think, maybe just once. I'm not sure if we played them all four games. But I if think we, we have one more game against yeah, them. Yeah, I think that's right as well. So, and we, haven't, we also have not played them with Tobias yet. Right. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good point. Um, so, um, and, and, and in the one game that they've, they've won, um, it was, it took a Jimmy, but it took a a classic Nets meltdown and a Jimmy Butler contested three at the buzzer. Um, so, so I, I honestly think now again, the, the current incarnation of the Nets that loses by 30 to the heat, probably not a huge threat to the Sixers, but let's just assume they've gotten back to some of their winning ways, which they will have to do in order to make the playoffs. I think the Nets could honestly get two games off of them. They are a young team. They have enormous, you know, chemistry question marks. Um, A lot of pressure. Yes, a lot of pressure. They have a highly exploitable weak point in Ben Simmons not being able to shoot. Right. Not, not. Yes, there, there. A few of their better players, even Jimmy Butler, is not amazing from three. Um, unfortunately, they did add <coughs> Tobias Harris, who is amazing from three. So that that is not yeah. so much of a weakness anymore. Um, and, and and of course they have um, JJ JJ Redick, uh, a a consummate three point. Um, Shooting specialist. Anyway, I, I mean, I think very easily they could lose four oh, zero. Um, but I do think that of the teams we've talked about, we maybe are more favorable uh, than than even the, the the Pacers, who you might think you know they don't have Oladipo because of what you talked about, how incredibly important defense is and how much defense really shows up in the postseason. I actually would rather play the Seventy Sixers. Me too. So anyway, that's yeah. Yeah, no, I think we'd have a I think we'd have a shot in hell against mm. them. 
Uh, not oh, to mention there's so, like there's so much pressure on them. Yeah. And there already are so many little tiny fissures in their uh-huh. in their um, psyche. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know they they lose a game like the first game at home or something like that, and the whole thing could get out of whack for them. Right. I yes, I agree. And and just to be clear, I don't think either one of us is saying that we think that the Nets again. I think it's more likely that they yeah. you know there's it, a conceivable pathway to beating them. Right. Whereas I think with I suppose one could come up with one for the Pacers, mm-hmm. but um, I I don't definitely not don't see it for the Raptors or the, no. or the Bucks. No, I agree. So and then uh, players that we want, of course, there is Tobias Harris, a, a player that Bill and I have have talked about uh, almost every podcast. Uh, love love him, want him, need him. Am starting to feel a bit wary of giving him the max, but. You know, if if we ended up somehow figuring out how to give him the max and and, and pay D'Angelo what he's going to command, I would certainly not be uh, sad. I, I would be pretty excited by that. Um, another player, Bill, that keeps getting linked <laughs> to that to those nets, whether you like it or not, and even I have to admit I would be pretty nervous. Is Jimmy Butler, Jimmy buckets? Uh, just it's just you know I mean sports pundits you never really want to bet on them having any idea what they're talking about uh-huh. but if they do have any idea what they're talking about I feel like he is definitely the free agent that gets linked the most to the Nets just in people talking about oh he makes sense like I could see that I or know like, maybe it's like they the could... go to <clears throat> pundit response that like well you know we've heard rumors that he might go to the Nets mm-hmm. which is a terribly ominous thing in my mind yeah but... and in my in my mind. Honestly, after the just just based on what we heard about them sort of poking around, like they wouldn't put Karis Levert in the mix. They did pay uh, Dwight Howard an enormous amount of money to not play for the Nets. I do think that there's something real about their sort of culture first thing uh-huh. uh, that I think to to me I I would be a little bit surprised if the Nets tr- tried for. Jimmy. I would be very very surprised, and I think that. I think it's become a trope in the me- national media that he might, you know, be available for the Nets or something like that. Just be without really thinking about why it would work for the Nets. Like we have the space and we want a good player, but I don't think there's anything about Sean Marks or the way he has built this team or the culture that would suggest that they would be interested in Jimmy Butler. And you're also right. You're also talking about a player on a very different timeline, yeah. Uh, than the entire rest of the of the core parts of of the Nets. Um, the Sixers are already dealing with with that, and they are light years ahead of where right. the Nets are in terms right. of being able to compete and challenge for a for a championship. Um, and and I mean, it wouldn't be like yes, the Nets would definitely sign Kevin Durant. Obviously, he's on a different timeline, but he's like you know <laughs> right. One of you know, I don't know. One of the top three best yeah, players, yeah. And in the that's league. sort of always been my thing with Jimmy Butler. Like, I just don't think the upside. Like, he's not good enough to warrant all the bad that comes with him. Uh-huh. Like, he isn't a transformational player. He's never led a team to a championship. He's not going to lead a team to a championship. And so, why you would want to introduce his toxicity um, without the potential of some really, really high upside? I don't fully understand. Uh-huh. 
Um, that said, folks, Jimmy Butler would be a joy to watch in Barclays Center, I think. Uh, he's a hard-nosed, dogged defender um, and uh, a gifted offensive talent. I, I would not be I would not be I know you would be freaked out if we signed him. I, I, I would not be totally freaked out. I would be worried and he's definitely not my top top pick, but I think there'd be some some good that we would get from from that. All right. Um, let's move on to Boston. Yes, let's do it. So let's see Boston, Simon. we've played him three times and we've won once. uh-huh. Uh, that was a big W. Uh, D'Lo had that incredible game. It's very yep. fun. Uh, they average one point more than us this season and give up six fewer. They have a very, very good defense. Yep. Not quite Pacers good, but still very good. Yeah. They have arguably the most talented team in the East. Really? Yeah. Uh, they're very, very deep. They have, I mean, a lot of that most talented is predicated on Gordon Hayward be getting to a point where he's close to what he used to be, uh-huh. um, where he is not quite there yet, but uh-huh. could be by the time the playoffs roll around. But there's some bad juju in Boston. Yeah. Uh, they have lost, I think, four in a row or five in a row. Yikes. That's Nets bad. That's Nets bad. Uh, they, they, there's all the weird stuff with Kyrie. Yeah. Boston fans are pretty much over Kyrie. Huh. Um, Bill Simmons is sort of the voice of that, but apparently um, Jackie McMullen was talking about how um, at the stadium people are just, fans are just revolting. They don't like him, they want to get rid of him, they think he's corrupting, you know, sort of like tainting everyone on that team and and is the the cause of the underperforming. Interesting. Um, Also, that's exacerbated by the fact that they actually have a... uh, much better record when he is not playing. Uh-huh. Uh, Including last year when they almost went to the right. NBA championship. Right. Um, he is their most talented player, but that, you know, that hasn't seemed to mean all that much for them uh-huh. this season. They're still, but they still, I mean, they have him, Horford, um, Tatum, Brown, uh, Hayward, Marcus Morris, on and Marcus on and Smart, on. yeah, Marcus Smart. They're they're really deep uh-huh. um, and 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 quite talented. But there is that bad juju. I think that we because they're sort of a head case because they're they can't seem to put it together on a consistent basis. I could see us getting a couple games off. Yeah, yeah. I think um, <clears throat> I let me ask you this. I don't actually know what, what my answer to this is, but. Who would would you rather play the Sixers or the or the Celtics in the in the playoffs? I think probably the Sixers. Yeah, me me too. I um, actually think yeah, by a little bit. Yeah, I I just think that the Celtics one are deeper, uh-huh. two are better coached. Uh-huh. Um, three are a better defensive team, mm-hmm. which again will translate better, and I think that. That there are t- a lot of flaws in Philly, uh-huh. like I like I said with Ben Simmons, um, with the Jimmy Butler experience. Uh-huh. You know, I think that I think we'd have a better chance against them. I also, yeah, I also feel like the way that the Celtics play D is is such a such a playoff plus. Like they they play with a lot of really pesky, very. Um, uh, 
like, I, I don't know, violence, not the right word, but very physical, that's the word, physical, extremely physical team that you get away with a lot more contact in the playoffs, um, and they just, like, play in an ex- bruising fashion that, that uh, you know, the Sixers... Yeah, they have some serious really. enforcers yes. on the team, and Smart, and Baines, and Tice. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think I think they... they Beat us into submission. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I could uh, like I, like we've said. I think I could see a way we could beat Philly, um, and that's the, the only one of these five that I could really, really see. Um, players I'd like from the Celtics. There's a lot. Oh, interesting. Um, probably top of my list, and a guy I think that we should somewhat aggressively go after is Marcus Morris. Huh. He is six foot nine, two hundred thirty-five pounds. He's a big guy. Uh-huh. Um, he shoots over thirty-eight percent from three this season. He's had a great season offensively. Is he a free agent? Do you know? He's an unrestricted free agent. Interesting. Uh, he'd be a perfect stretch for, though. I'd imagine with the season that he's had, and again, it's been his best season in the as a pro. Um, he's going to be looking to get paid. Uh-huh. We have money. I was, but he's not a guy I would want. He's not like Tobias. He's not a Tobias right, Harris level. Right. Grade. Sure. But uh, sure. I think he would be a really could be a really good fit. Yeah, and a interior toughness. I mean, we need just general toughness anywhere on the court. But yeah. but maybe in particular, interior toughness would be just so nice. Yeah, and he's, so nice. and he's a big, strong guy. He's guarded. I know he guarded LeBron last year in some games, so he can guard really big physical players. It's so funny that they have. Yeah, he he guards LeBron, but so does Marcus Smart on that team. Like it's just an interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean when you when it's a hopeless thing, right. you got to throw everything you got. Right. Um, other guys I'm interested in. Uh, do you have, do you have anyone? Uh, Thies, Thice. Yeah. Big time. Tice. Big time Tice fanatic. I, I would, I mean, Baines just signed to things. So this isn't real, but I would, I would love Baines. I, I love their tough enforcers. Right. Yeah, no, Tice I'd be interested in. Uh, he's a brute. He can shoot threes. And we already talked about it, but I'd be into it. What, what do you think about, uh, um, uh, what is it? Former Hawk, Al former Horford? Kenny guy, Al Horford. Yes, so he is not a uh, free agent. Oh, he's going to opt in or something? He has like a player thing, right? Yeah, I think so. But he is the other guy that I put down. Mm-hmm. Um, Dunk Don talked a little bit about how Horford might make sense in Brooklyn. Oh, really? Yeah, he would definitely make sense. He could he could play stretch four on offense and then be our big center on defense. yeah. yeah. Um, that would mean, though, that like Jarrett would have to play on the wing more or something like that, mm. um, or guard the slightly smaller guy. But he is—he can like lock down Joel Embiid. He's a really smart player. Uh-huh. He's a really good teammate. Yes, uh, I'm sure him and Kenny being reunited would be magic. Yeah, that would be Kenny's five minutes of joy for the day. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if he's a restricted free agent or not, or what. He the... wouldn't be restricted, but he may. Yeah, I, I I believe it was something like he has a player option, and it's not a player option that is like something to sneeze at. Like it, I I had thought that maybe like they think he'll he'll pick it up. I, I it's forget for though. like thirty million dollars. Yeah, so he'll probably pick. But I was also thinking that if the Celtics mm. sort of begin to – it's a player option for $30 million. Okay. Uh, if the Celtics begin to implode, uh-huh. 
Um, and Kyrie doesn't re-sign. They can't get AD there. And they sort of transition to more of like a rebuild, uh-huh. just build around Brown and Tatum uh-huh. and the young guys. Um, that they might be willing to get rid of Al Horford. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you want to trade for him in that situation? Not really. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Al Horford in the, like, like we talk, you know, like a stopgap kind of guy who would be good for culture, good for helping Jared Allen develop. But he's not someone that that I think we should sacrifice the kind of talent that it would take to to acquire him via trade. Yeah, and he's quite old. He's quite old. I mean, there's a chance, so it's a player option for that much money, uh-huh. uh, $30 million. If you wanted to give him, like, 12 or 15 for three years or something like that. He might want to not take the player option in lieu of, of taking a longer-term contract. Yeah, right, because yeah. he's 32 right now. Yeah. Um, and he might want to get some guaranteed cash going forward, uh-huh. um, in which case maybe he doesn't pick up that option and uh, instead comes it's down true. to his, his BFF, That's Kenny's, Kenny's team. That's a great point. So we'll see. Anyway, uh, all guys I'd be interested in. Uh-huh. I, I hope we don't <laughs> face them in the playoffs, but they would be better than um, the first three teams we talked yes. about. Yes. All right, so let's get to our mailbag yeah. section. Whew. Haven't had one of these Mail in a bag. while. Yeah. Um, this is from Asheville Baller, who says <laughs> he is a, quote, diehard occasional listener. Yeah. Thanks for the question, uh, Asheville Baller. Yes, thank you, Asheville Baller. So, his first question, he has two questions. I'm going to read his second question first. Okay. In light of the scandal involving the New England Patriots owner being caught soliciting prostitutes, what do you think would be the most likely scandal involving either Nets ownership or players ripped from the headlines and gives ample room for conspiracy thinking? Um, you want to go first or shall I? Sure, I can go first. Um, so to me, a scandal that is ready to burst open at any moment with the Nets organization is uh, revolves around their performance team. Uh, <laughs> this is the, the game last night is, I believe, um, something like the third game that the Nets have had in the Sean Marks era where all of their players have been healthy. Right. Um, now, some of that is Glassman, Jeremy Lin. Uh, a big part of that is 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 him just not being healthy. But this this performance team that we're spending millions and millions of dollars on is supposed to. One of their primary functions is supposed to you know prehab, keep right. keeping players um, from getting injured, and then when they get injured, you know. Uh, increase, you know, making them get healthy faster. Now, no net fan, at the very least, thinks one they have been doing a good job of keeping players healthy, or two, making them healthy faster. Every net's timeline, I would say, actually, with the exception of um, of Spencer, who yeah. came back faster than than the timeline had suggested. Um, it's just like, oh yeah, the timeline six to eight weeks. See you in ten. Like every Minimum. time, right, right? Every time it's much longer. And then when they come back, there's this horrible um, uh, build up in minutes. Right, minutes restrictions. Anyway, that has got to come to a head. 
there's going to be a a massive scandal. They're going to get a look some someone with with some basic knowledge of statistics and um, and uh, you know physical. Um, uh, what, what's the word? Like a team team physician type person is going to get a look at at the uh, supposed uh, metrics that they're using, uh-huh. the data they're using, and just realize all of this is made up. Right. Uh, it's th- a house of cards. Yeah. And here's another thing that I think could could hurt is uh, you know how Sean Markson in a lot of these profiles of of him and how he's built this organization uh, is like, and he got an astrophysicist to come and become a capologist. And like this lady was a right. veterinarian cat whisperer. And she's now, <laughs> she's now head of like ticket sales. Like it's just like, and it's supposed to be this quirky, like all, you know, this, yeah. this, uh, he's thinking outside the bun. Right. But, um, <clears throat> I, I think some of that with the performance team is dumb because, <laughs> They stink, and they're not good at, at what they're supposed to be doing. So I think I think some of that will will come down to, to hurt right. to hurt. That's going to be a post headline any day now. Right. Mine is massive massive systemic under reporting of attendance. Ooh. All right. Bill. So I don't, like somehow this season in seasons past. The attendance has very obviously been horrific, uh-huh. right? We have been alone in entire sections uh-huh. in the mezzanine. This season, it has felt like there have been more people there. And yet, we still have the worst attendance in the NBA. Mm-hmm. The The reported numbers have not taken an uptick at all. No. Yet, w- would you agree that it has felt more crowded? It Yes, Okay. Yes, at least at some games. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know what the purpose of underreporting is. Like why uh-huh. Prokhorov is right. cooking the books in this way. Uh-huh. But I was hoping to toss this one to the listeners. Sure. If you've got any ideas of what advantage the Nets would gain from underreporting the attendance, I'd like to know, and then we can break this scandal together. Yeah. No, it it it, it does. I, I think that's that's fair to say. At least in in many games where it, it does seem like there are far more people, especially in the lower bowl, right? Um, than than have have occurred. I wonder if some of that though is our perception of because we are now sitting in the block, which is the one section that is like relatively loud, right? So like maybe some of that is like, man, the crowd's cooking tonight, but it's just <laughs> like it's us hearing us right. being surrounded by people who actually yeah. Care. All right. Uh, second question. We should we should get, go through this fairly quickly. Uh-huh. Um, I was snooping around on Basketball Reference the other day and saw that the Nets were called the Americans in their first season of the ABA. If you were going to rename the Nets, what name do you think currently best represents them? Uh, if players were able to pitch names, what names do you think they would pitch? Do you have any? I came up with a few. Oh, a few. Yeah, yeah I have one. Um, okay, I will give some of mine. Okay. <laughs> First one, the Marksmen. Uh, we're sh- they're Sean Marks' boys, uh-huh. and they're sharp shooting. Sure, sure. The Marksmen. Uh, the next one, Kenny Atkinson and the Heartbreakers. Oh, yeah. Um, riff on Tom Petty, uh-huh. and uh, alludes to how they might break our hearts this season, having got our hopes up that we would make the playoffs, and then do not. Mm-hmm. I bet you Kenny's a huge... Tom Petty fan. Uh, big Petty fan. <laughs> uh, next one, the Cubano sandwiches, because <laughs> I recently had 
the best Cubano sandwich of my life at uh, at Barclays, and I cannot stop thinking about it. Uh, fourth name is the Rusty Turtles, uh-huh. uh, because it would be an allusion to how the stadium looks from the outside. Uh-huh. And final one, Lockdown. Not because of their lockdown defense, but because of the stringent security ah, yes. that uh, keeps people from getting in with any efficiency whatsoever. Yeah, right. Or with lighters. If you bring a lighter right. to no, fucking you, Barclays, you forget about be, it. Uh, yeah, cavity searched. Yeah. Um, so my is that it? that's it? Yes. Okay. So my only one that I came up with uh, is the little engines, uh, uh, a team that you know really worked very hard. They they were they're just at the verge, but you kind of get the sense that they thought they could. They thought they could, uh, but hopefully not. Hopefully not. They, yeah. Hopefully they get there. Yeah. All right. Thank you for the question. Yeah, thank you. Uh, keep sending them in. We love them. We we need them to talk about something other than the playoffs, which we may or may not make. So please send us your questions at uh, you know Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. or gmail.com. Maybe, maybe next maybe time yeah. at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to end on a positive note, okay. Simon. Okay. Uh, I thought maybe we could we could begin tying these things up with a positive bit of Nets news. Okay. Uh, Bill Simmons on a recent podcast thinks D'Lo is the next James Harden. Yeah, sure. Very exciting. That's that's positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need to go into why or whether he will be. Let's just say D'Lo is the next D, uh, James Harden. Very excited to have that man on our team. <laughs> At least one time NBA MVP. Uh-huh. Um, rate, review, subscribe, folks. You know where to find us. Send us your questions. Simon, any parting words for our our listeners? Yes, please uh, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, find us uh, at uh, Stitcher, iTunes, um, uh, Spotify, and various other platforms. Give us those five-star reviews, please. We love them. We gotta have them. Uh, and uh, check out that Cubano sandwich at <laughs> at Barclays Little Center. Havana it's, or something like that. Uh, or Habana. Havana. Havana Outpost. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. another. There. It's actually a place on uh, Fulton. Mm. Uh, if you want to check it out in person, I yeah. bet there could be. An, oh my god, we should try oh that. Oh my sometime. god, you just like in Cubanos. the summer you can sit outside and have a margarita with it. Yeah, very crowded though. Yeah, Get yeah. Ready for I, a I never go. Uh, it's too crowded. <laughs> but great Cubano sandwich. All right, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Let's hope the Nets get in the playoffs, folks. We need, they need our support. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will go ahead and see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording. A favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read